Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout, and I'm alongside Alex Jefferson and Garrett Jacobs-Meyer. What's up? Hello. So the Red Sox, they were kind of back, and then now they're not back again. Uh, they swept the A's, and then last night happened. Uh, game one against the White Sox. They gave up a walk-off homer, uh, which followed a Rafael Devers error that we'll get into. Um, let's talk about the good first. Let's talk about that sweep of the A's. They beat the A's 9-4 to in game one, so the bats were alive. And then in game two, they won 5-1. to in which Porcello, eight innings pitched, two hits, zero runs, eight Ks. He really looked like his Cy Young self in that start. Do you think that Porcello is back? I think it's hopeful. I mean, the A's are a pretty good hitting team. They've got some pretty stud-like hitters in Chris Davis and Chapman. I think it's hard to pitch well against them, and I think the fact that Porcello did that, especially after the rough stat that all start that all the pitchers have had, was promising. I'd also like to note that that was Sandy Leone catching him, I believe. And mm, yeah. I think that played a, some part of role. I'm still upset about Swihart and not being gone and not Vasquez, though. But Vasquez is Vasquez apparently has Babe been Ruth. Good. Vasquez has been hitting homers at a crazy rate. Um, and Sandy Leon, Sandy Leon. He's not good, but he's there. Hey, he's making the pitchers more comfortable, which is if he can teach Vasquez how to catch like him, that that's something. Because mm-hmm. maybe... Maybe Sale will, maybe Sale and Porcello and Price will pick it up. And I mean, Erod's been okay, but no, that was very. I, I was very happy to see Rick Porcello pitch well. I think we all expected and were hoping that these pitchers would come around eventually. You know, they didn't work in uh, in spring training as much as they maybe should have. Now they're getting some of these regular season starts in. Um, very slow start, but I guess the pitching staff must know something about uh, Sandy Leone. The coaching staff knows what they're doing. They brought him up, and he, he's helped, I guess. Uh, one guy he hasn't helped, Chris Sale. He is 0 for 5 with a 6-3-0 ERA. He's allowed seven home runs this season. He allowed 11 all of last season. What is wrong with Chris Sale? It's ridiculous. 0 for 5. 0 and 5. He doesn't look the same as he did at in the middle of the regular season last year. He hasn't looked the same since the World Series. Like... It almost seems like in the World Series he was muscling through pitches, and mu- especially towards mm-hmm. the end of the postseason. And I think they tried to like kind of hide that by not having him pitch that much in spring training. And it's coming to bite them really hard because they paid him a lot of money to be an ace, not an 0-5 pitcher with a 6-plus ERA. Absolutely, yeah. I think I said this last week, but we know about his durability issues, how he fades towards the end of the season. Last season was his longest season because of how far the Red Sox went in the postseason. So it kind of makes sense how he's struggling going into this season. But 0-5 to start out the season, that's a lot of starts and a lot of chances to pick it up, and he just hasn't. He hasn't looked right at all. In the one good start he had where he allowed one run, I think, that's when he was throwing like 89 max on his fastball. So I don't know. Like I've been concerned about his like I've been concerned that his shoulder is messed up there's some kind of injury problem with, with him since last season like August September that time he just didn't look right I think he even went on the DL at some point he just has not looked right since then in in October he was fine but he was on pure adrenaline then so I mean he's just not right well, these past few weeks I think his velocity was down but it's gotten up hasn't it it has gone up but and the worrying thing is that he's just 
pushing himself too hard. If something's mm-hmm. off in his pitching or in his shoulder or something like that, him being such a competitive guy, um, obviously, as a professional athlete, he's got to be that way. Um, he doesn't like losing. And when everyone's saying, your velocity's down, what are you doing? You can't pitch as hard as you, you used to. I'm worried he's just muscling through pitches, trying to throw them as fast as he can, and just it's not good for us in the long run because even past this year, we paid him so much money with this contract, we need him to stay healthy. That's a very good point. He just looks frustrated out there. Like He's admitted that he sucks. He can't figure out why. And you've seen him like angry in the dugout throwing stuff or whatever. And then when he's frustrated like that, he's not going to just sit back and focus on his mechanics and try to figure out that way. He's just going to go out there and try to blow it past everyone and just go back to his old self, but it's not that easy. He needs to find his old form. He just needs to calm down out there and be the Chris Sale that we know he is. Well, he has so much pressure on him, too. The Red Sox have so much pressure on them as an entire team. The mm-hmm. entire world's looking at him saying, what the heck happened to these people, especially their ace. Um, and for such a competitive person, he goes out there, and when you're frustrated on the mound and when you're not hitting your spots, it, it kills the guy. And I'm just worried that he's going to overwork himself, and that'll bite us in the butt. Yeah, I mean, he's throwing way too hard. Well, he's not throwing too hard. He's not throwing hard enough, but he's also just... Heart throwing to the point where he's not moving his pitches at all. They come out of his hand. They barely move across the strike zone. And that was kind of his niche last year. He he makes pitches move. That's that's the Cy Young caliber pitcher we know. That's slider, yeah. Yeah, and he has not had any movement on it all year. And especially with him getting frustrated in the mound in the dugout, that's just not good morale. That's not going to help the Red Sox perform better as a team. It's going to frust- It's going to make them a little, like... I don't even know how to describe it. They're just like, it's going to put them in a bad mindset. Like if he can't even play well, what makes us any better since he's the best pitcher in baseball? Because mm-hmm. when your best player on the team is flipping out, it really doesn't bring confidence to a team that needs confidence at this point. Well, yeah, that's part of the reason why they were struggling when Mookie was struggling. Mm-hmm. When your MVP isn't hitting, the rest of the team isn't going to do well either. And I feel like that's the same kind of thing with Chris Sale. He's the leader of the pitching staff. He's supposed to be that ace. He struggles. Everyone's going to struggle except David Price. But I think, I think Porcello... I think Porcello is kind of a, an outlier because I think Porcello's been here the longest, maybe with Erod up there in the rotation, and I think Porcello kind of has like this own like fatherly figure. Like he knows what the what the Red Sox system is about. He knows what their mindset is. He's the the guy. He has like he's not the ace, but he's the leader of that. And even though Sale is has been dominant, I think he's kind of like. I think he might carry the load until Chris Sale is ready to throw effectively again. I honestly think maybe DLing him and letting him get some time to yes. take a step back and refocus and rework his mechanics with Sandy, not even in like AAA or AA, just behind the scenes working on those mechanics and throwing like 35 pitch bullpens, which is what he should have been doing in spring training yeah. now. That that I think that would help a lot. Yeah, I agree. I really like that idea. And like even like put him on the DL for a little while, have him work through stuff in the bullpen or whatever. Then put him down like class A or something and just have him dominate people to get his confidence back. We don't know enough to properly diagnose what his issue is. You know, he could have a nagging injury that only he knows about, you know, and that could be killing him. Um, but the thing I'm really worried about is the confidence that's killing him. It's mm-hmm. he has the stuff but he keeps getting down on himself. His team's not fielding well. His team's not hitting well, giving him run support. He's down on himself, and then he's flipping out in the dugout. That's not. That's even worse than I would say. He has like a nagging shoulder injury that we can put him on the DL. It'll it'll, it'll help him. Well, 
Um, well, even like the the shoulder injury, he is. I think he is too stubborn of a person to even let like Red Sox doctors near him without it being completely obvious that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. I think he wants to pitch, and I don't think anybody wants to like take the ball away from him, even though they need to at this point because he's not helping. At this point, it's just being detri- detrimental. If he goes out there and gives up four or five runs every start, the Red Sox offense has not been clicking, and that's just not. They're, they're they might not be able to score four or five runs every every time Chris Sale pitches, and then you got the bullpen coming in after Sale, and that's just a disaster. Yeah, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about that bullpen for a second. Let's talk about last night um, against the White Sox. The blown save for Ryan Brazier on the three-run walk-off homer for Nicky Delmonico. Who? Mm-hmm. I don't even know where to start. Like that de- that error that Rafael Devers committed. I've watched that replay like thirty times, and I still can't figure out how he screwed that up somehow. It was in the webbing of his glove, and he just flicked it out. To be fair, we knew our bullpen was going to blow blow games. Everyone on the team, I'm sure, everyone on the coaching staff, everyone on the Red Sox knew that our bullpen was not the same as it was last year we knew we were going to blow games we kind of accepted that we thought it was a necessary evil but what is the most unacceptable thing is the team letting letting the relievers down anyway in other ways like you know that error that you're talking i mean about. i can see them blowing games like i expected them to blow games against like the astros or the yankees or like the good white teams socks exactly the white socks nikki delmonico <laughs> <laughs> like it's and like Brazier, you get put into this closing role. You were you take over for Matt Barnes, even though Matt Barnes for is no reason arguably better than you, and he's been good in relief where he hasn't had that much pressure on him. When it is a high pressure situation in the ninth inning, he struggles, and I think moving him back to that setup position would definitely benefit him as a pitcher because that's mm. where he thrived last year in the postseason and late in the season. Definitely. I absolutely agree that Matt Barnes should be the closer. He's the better overall pitcher. He's better in high leverage. He has more experience. So I don't understand why they didn't go to him last night and why they're not going to him more in the ninth inning instead of the seventh or eighth. Yeah, why Why are they putting him in in the seventh when you have a guy like Marcus Walden who's pitching lights out right now? Why is he not like the guy coming in in the seventh inning after a good six innings of pitching? provided by a starter marcus walden 4-0 with a 1.65 era 19 strikeouts and 16 and a third innings pitched hitters are batting 140 against him hey hitters are almost batting as well as jackie bradley's batting (laughs) against him (laughs) this is exactly what the red Sox needed in a bullpen where they lost joe kelly they lost craig kimbrell they didn't really have anyone who can be consistent other than maybe matt barnes like you didn't know what you're going to get from ryan brazier Heath Hembry is Heath Hembry. Everyone else is pretty bad. Brandon Workman's been good. But Marcus Walden has been awesome for this Red Sox bullpen. He's getting them wins. He's getting them outs when they need it. He's been perfect. He's been exactly what they needed. I think maybe throwing him into the closing role might be a ben- might be beneficial. Just try him out. Especially in a series where you're up against like the White Sox or something. and you Say you get up big in the ninth inning. You're up big in the ninth inning. Throw Marcus Walden and see how he performs in the ninth inning. Because... He's been our best reliever all year so far, and he's the only reliever who's been consistently getting outs and keeping runners off base. And I think when you have, like, Matt Barnes, he's good, but he he walks a fair amount of players. Yeah. And I feel like, especially in, like, high-pressure situations in the, ni- in the bottom of the ninth inning, that's just not going to cut it. You can't be walking 
two or three players every every two or three days. Joe Kelly's nickname is Jimmy B. Jimmy Buchanan. Jim Buchanan. Remember that from spring training? That's a st- when he dressed up as the character. Jimmy B. Stupid. Do you not know who Jim Buchanan is when he dressed up like him in spring training last year? Vaguely remember, not exactly. With the he was the reporter. Maybe hold up. From um, JWK Punta Gorda. <laughs> um, he had like the white long hair. He was all pasty. I think he had a mustache and sunglasses. He had a goatee. Oh, I was a goatee. I believe. Ah, no, I, I, I bought a shirt with his face on it. Do you know? Uh, sorry, I forgot the shirt that you purchased. Anyways, um, yeah, but as you're saying, something like that is what the Red Sox need at this point. Um, as they're struggling, they need to take risks. They need to switch things up. They need to try things that could work. Because, like, wins aren't going to come as easy for them as they did last year. We've already seen that. So they're going to have to get a little more creative, and they're going to have to take more risks. Putting Walden in more high-leverage situations could be a risk that could pay off. Um, and, like, really, they just need to switch up the lineup. Yeah, I, I agree. The lineup has been stale. I feel like a lot of hitters in the, like... I feel like some of the hitters could benefit from batting lower in the order. Like, I don't think Bogarts should be batting, like, fifth, especially how he's hitting right now. He's batting though, fourth today. Even though I'm a huge Bogarts fan, I think he should be batting sixth. I think give – I think Mookie and Benintendi, I think you should be putting Benintendi first. I like that, yeah. And then I think J.D., Moreland – I think Moreland Moreland's should, batting seventh right now. I don't know what is I think is Moreland should be playing every day, yeah, and I think what he is should be batting leader? cleaning – clean up yeah i think give the kid give chavis the fifth spot yeah like why not he's been hitting lights out in barely any playing time he's already got three dingers he's batting over 300 i think maybe even put bogarts down to seventh and move devers up because as bad as devers has been fielding he's hitting over 300 which is something although he has hit no home runs yeah let's talk about that Raphael devers um, he has a 294 average and a 381 OBP. Zero homers. He's eight doubles, but zero homers. Yeah, so last year, he hit a home run every 21.4 at-bats. He currently doesn't even have a stat for home runs per at-bat, like at-bats per home run, because he hasn't hit one. And I don't understand, because he had, like, did he, did he change his swing at all? I don't know. I I haven't really seen anything different. Exactly. I just feel like he's just due. Like, he's going to go on a tear where he probably hits, like, 10 homers in 15 games or something like that. Do you guys remember when Devers came into the league originally and he smacked, like, I can't tell you the exact stats, but I just, I have this vivid memory of, like, every day Devers comes right up and just smacking home runs. Isn't that kind of what Chavis is doing? Yeah, but, I mean, obviously, it's been a few years now. Pitchers have figured him out. I I feel nah, like... nah, I don't think that's why. You don't think that's because why? he's still getting hits. He's batting two ninety four. Well, where'd all his power go? I don't know. <laughs> just, just I don't know. Did he not hit the weight room or something? I feel he like forgot he's almost protein powder. This season a little bit. Oh crap! I spilled my protein powder. That's crap. Expensive. I'm not gonna buy any more of it. I, what? You, what happened? <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I mean, I have a vivid memory of watching him hit an, a ninth, a bottom of the ninth inning bomb mm-hmm. off Araldus Chapman uh-huh. in Yankee Stadium and he just like I remember him hitting bombs like that day in and day out and he just hasn't done it like he puts like he's hitting like you said but he's I mean what's his like his slugging I guess because he seems like he's just been hitting a lot of singles but he has eight doubles eight doubles is not 
that much in like almost 30 games. I it's feel not like terrible. I mean, but are you concerned though? I'm not really concerned that he doesn't have a homer because, like we said, he's still getting hits. And, like, it's not that big a deal that he hasn't hit a home run yet. He's going to hit home runs. Yeah. If he finishes the season with no home runs or, like, three homers, then I'll be concerned. But it's, what, like, May 2nd, May 3rd or whatever? So I'm not really concerned that he doesn't have any homers. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I just think that if he's not going to be homering and driving in more runs because his he has, what, like, 10 RBIs right now? 10, yeah. Some of those have, like, two from last night. So he had eight coming into yesterday. And that's for a guy who we've hyped up for all this time as being our one of our best prospects, power prospect. That's especially with his fielding struggles. That's not. I don't feel like that's a good trade off, especially after last night's game. Like he scored, he drove in two of the runs, but he got out during both of them, and then he blew the game with that error. Well, the whole team has been lowered on their home run numbers, haven't they? Except yeah, JD Martinez Moreland. hasn't hit one in a long time. Yeah. So um, I, it's like, yeah, the Red Sox are bad collectively, really, except except for Moreland. Well, I, I hate mean, calling them bad at this point. It's they're just bad. they're they're fourteen leaky. And they're leaky. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. They have some they have some issues, but I think they're a solid team. They have too much talent to to be so this poor for this. Devers yeah. has played um, in fifty eight. That's not right. <laughs> has played in thirty two games so far this season, and the Red Sox. Is that right? In... They've played 32 games this season. He has played every day. He has played every single day. Well, that's valuable. give him a day off. <laughs> yeah, he's probably like, he's probably pretty sore and tired after batting or batting every day, fielding every day for 32 days. Like, he's got to have... be the only Red Sox <laughs> player that day. hasn't okay, gone a day too. off. <laughs> yeah, fielding. Sorry, fielding, trying fielding to field every quotes. day. Yeah, okay, Alex. <laughs> like you have Zuway up, you're. I mean, he's not Tuesday, good. Lynn. Michael Chavis's <laughs> position is third base. Yeah, like this is true. Move, let Chavis see what he can do at third base for a day. Give Devers a day off. Let him, especially after last night, they need to let him like get in the right mindset because I'm sure he came out of last night with a very negative mindset, mm-hmm. and that's just not good for a hitter. Yeah, he definitely needs a day off. I mean, when you play the first 32 games of a season straight, and when your team is struggling, I mean, you can tell almost that. He's tired and could use a day off. I mean, the zero homers, which is a lack of power, which would explain, which the tiredness would explain. And his fielding has been terrible, especially in the past few games. Give him a day off. I feel like that's like the only logical next step, really. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to send him down to AAA. He's been good. He just needs, you can't expect a guy to play 162 games in a season. That's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. So speaking of day offs, Someone who should get a permanent day off, Jackie Bradley Jr. <laughs> wow, that was rough. All right. <laughs> um, he is batting 149. Better than I could do. Chris Davis of the Orioles, who had an 0 for 54 streak, is batting <laughs> 178, which is higher than Jackie Bradley Jr. And how many home runs does Chris Davis have in comparison to Jackie Bradley? More. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, JBJ has also grounded into four double plays. Fun stat. Yeah, that's pathetic. I feel like this is pretty simple. You take JBJ out of the lineup, you trade him while his value isn't isn't complete crap. He doesn't have much value anyway. Eight point five million dollar contract, and he can't hit, so he doesn't. <laughs> what, what's his trade value? Yeah, honestly. And he's a free agent. 
soon. So okay, he well, really has no value at this point except for his fielding. But yeah. a team's not going to acquire a player just for their fielding. That's true. Uh, with that, we, with we that did, contract. We did for contract. Ian Kinsler last year. That's fair. And then he blew a game for us. I don't He's even want to doing pretty good that. this season, but I don't has want him back. Um, <laughs> yeah. So JBJ, send him down to AAA. Let him figure it out. Yeah. He's under too much pressure at the major leagues. When you can't hit like that, it gets in your head. Send him down to AAA. Let him figure out his swing where there's a low-pressure um, situation. And then put JD in the outfield and call it Bobby Dahlbeck. There yeah, you go. I completely agree. And that way you can let Michael Chavis DH, and you could, you could even let Devers DH. Throw Michael Chavis at third base. Have Bobby Dahlbeck play second. He doesn't play second. You'd have Chavis at second still. All right, well. Dahlbeck's good fielding. He's better than Devers by yeah, far. Have Devers play DH. Mm-hmm. JD in the outfield with Benintendi and Mookie, and you're a million times better offensively, defensively. Well, not defensively because you're losing Jackie, but Mookie Betts can play center field. He is a gold glove talent, just like JBJ. Yeah, he's not a step down from JBJ by any means. I mean, the only step down would be JD, but it's not like many... He's not that bad. He's not bad at all, and when he was in Arizona, he played right field every day. Mm -hmm. And I think he, I think, he likes he, playing the field too. He hits better when he plays the field. Exactly, and I think he'd be more comfortable playing right field and having them win than having to watch Jackie Bradley Jr. go up to the plate every day. Yeah, and suck. I cannot stand watching his his at bats. It's like watching a pitcher hit in the National League. He's up there trying to bunt. He's trying. He's like swinging through fastballs right down the middle. It's ridiculous how bad he is. And I know everyone says he's good because of his defense, but there's a certain point where your offense is just so bad that your defense doesn't really matter anymore. Like, your defense doesn't make up for it enough. And like I said before, to get back on track, taking risks is what the Red Sox need to do. And this is a risk I think will work out for them. And it doesn't need to be a permanent change, keeping Dahlbeck up. It doesn't even have to be Bobby Dahlbeck. Literally anyone can hit better than JBJ. We can get Pejoria back. We can get Nunez back. We can get Holt back. Zue Lin could stay. And I, then I would really love to see Bobby Dahl back hit. I would too. He hit 32 bombs in the minors last year, and that's just he looks his he has so much drive off every swing. He almost exactly like Chavis golfs every ball. In the interview with prospect C.J. Chatham that we have coming later in the episode, C.J. Chatham said that Dahlbeck has the most pop of any player he's ever seen. So. And he said that he's a guy he can see in the, as an everyday major league player. Oh, 100%. Give him a chance. Why not? You gave it to you gave it to Chavis. Why and not? I'd say that worked out pretty well yeah, so far. Yeah, I mean, far. he's done basically better than every hitter in the lineup besides Moreland and Mookie. Yeah. Moreland is on pace for 47 homers, by the way. Mitchie four bags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, fun fact, he has nine homers and six singles. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. How many doubles? Uh, five doubles. Well, wow, you, he has all, yeah. almost more doubles than singles. That's oh man, do we need him to like keep hitting this way until JD or JD figures it out? Well, JD hasn't been bad. He just hasn't been hitting homers. He's been hitting. He's been getting hits a lot. He has. Yeah, that's he's true. just doing his thing. He is hitting over three hundred, so that is promising. Another thing with Moreland too, he has nine homers so far this season. He had fifteen all of last year. Oh yeah, he is crushing the ball. Imagine if he does hit 47 homers. MVP? Yeah. Just give it to him now. Oh, like, God. MVP. Okay, Alex. <laughs> no, Michael Chavis. He's my MVP. 
actually, I think Tyler Thornburg is my MVP. No. Just so everyone knows I'm that was gonna sarcasm. I'm going to keep pushing that back, up, back. I don't want to talk about him yet. Let's talk about our real MVP, Mookie Betts. Oh. He's back. He's heating up. Watch out. In his last 15 games, he's batting 393 with three homers and 10 RBIs. He was batting like 230 to start the season. Now he's already above 300, 303. That's what you like to see from your MVP. That's what you need to see. I think he's. I, I'm excited to see him continue to hit because, I mean, last year he went on a streak very similar. He got hot in the middle of the season and he did not stop. When Mookie gets hot, watch out. Exactly. And he's been hitting effectively out of the leadoff and out of the second spot. Yeah. Even though he probably should be hitting out of the second spot, in my opinion. He is. Okay, good. I like. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Andrew Benatendi. His three homers this season have been to the opposite field, and I think like his eight doubles or whatever have been to the opposite field. Yeah, didn't he? Used kinda... to, he pulls a lot, doesn't? Or he used to at least. Yeah, no. There's that, and then I think I. I don't know if this is right, but I thought I saw he pulled 85% of his hits, and then those are opposite. I don't know. It seems but like he's his bat speed is decreased. That would probably something be something weird about Benatendi. Late reaction time, something to that degree, because yeah, that is that is odd, and he's not going to get as much power to the opposite field. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he tried to add that to his game anyway, right? He did pull a lot. I yeah, but know. there's still something. He just looks off. I mean, everyone has looked off, really, so That's I'm not going to look too much into it right now. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that he's like going opposite field isn't a bad thing because if they're if they if people are still pl- if teams are still playing Benintendi in the shift to the to the other side where he pulls, he's just going to keep getting hits. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Ty Buttery, not Buttery. Um, I disagree, but okay. I like buttery <laughs> rolls. I like. Never mind. Anyway, he was a prospect um, love pitching rolls, dude. Was... That stuff from Market Basket, those like French. He was a relief rolls. pitcher so in the Red Sox organization. Prospect. He was pretty good. I really liked him. I thought he had potential to be in the Red Sox bullpen one day. But we traded him for none other than Ian Big Hits Kinsler, <laughs> the goat. <laughs> Um, yeah, now he's 2-1 with a 1.13 ERA. One save, 21 Ks in 16 innings pitched, two earned runs. That's better than Walden. That's and better than literally every single pitcher on the Red Sox roster. Mm-hmm. He's been eating his protein powder. <laughs> he has. <laughs> he is good. And Ian Kinsler, we basically traded this great relief pitcher that we could really use right now for a couple months of Ian Kinsler being on the DL and making terrible base running and fielding decisions. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, we had Brock Holt, who was hot in the playoffs, or Nunez, who was also hot in the playoffs. God, that drove, drove me insane last year. I feel like it's kind of like the uh, Thornburg-Travis Shaw situation. Yeah, I would we agree We traded, like, a potential all-star power third baseman for basically a broken pitching machine. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what he is at this point. 8.53 ERA. In 11 appearances, five of them he's given up a run, and... He has eight earned runs in the last five innings pitched. In his 12 and two-thirds inning pitch this season, he's allowed 12 earned runs and three homers. Unacceptable. That's unacceptable for a big league player. We're giving him, like, we're putting him in with a six-run lead or something, and then he still, like, gives up a run in the first two batters he faces. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Like, that, he should have shutouts, and he's giving up two or three runs. That game Porcello pitched, that should, yeah, that should have been a shutout. Porcello went eight innings. Tyler Thornburg came in in the ninth inning. He just had to get three outs to complete the shutout, and he gives up a run. Was it a home run, too? I think it was. I feel like it was. I'm pretty sure it was. And, like, the A's, I don't even think it was, like, Chris Davis or uh, 
Yeah, it wasn't anyone good. Matt Chapman. It was like some random person. It's probably like the catcher Josh Fegley or something. Yeah, Fegley. <laughs> I feel like if we kept Travis Shaw and put him on the mound, he'd be better than Tyler Thornberg. <laughs> probably. Can we play Nunez some more? He was. Mound? Well, he gave a. We should put Moreland on the mound. Listen, here we go. <laughs> we should put Moreland on the mound. That's a horrible idea. Slide Chavis like over to first base and then put Mookie at second base. Yes, I'm And all then for put this. JD in right field. And then, and then, get this. We take Thornburg and we stick him in the trash compactor from Star Wars <laughs> just so we can hear him scream. <laughs> Um, Maybe that was a little too far. Never mind. No, no, it's not. I I think that's a good. Decision. I mean, he is a machine, isn't he? He's a broken machine. That's what that's what they do in Star Wars. They put the broken machines in the trash compactor. I don't think that monster from the trash compactor would even want to eat him. I don't think there was a monster in the trash compactor. I think you're thinking of the. Uh, I thought there was like a that tentacle. Was, I think you're. I think this you're... is a Red Sox <laughs> podcast. It's a baseball podcast. There was a baseball glove in the trash compactor, dummy. Come on. They play baseball in Star Wars. When you throw the ball in Do you space, like baseball? it flies forever. Do you like baseball, Garrett? I like baseball and Star Wars. Do you like concerts? I Yes. Do you like all kinds of concerts? I like many concerts, the most concerts. I am the, the biggest concert. Do you li- Bigly like concerts. <laughs> I'm a... do, you, do you like shows and other big events, too? I love the biggest of events. Do you I'm... like saving money as well while you buy tickets to those... Uh, sports, concerts, shows, events, and more? Yes. Do you know where you can buy tickets to stuff like that? I'm not exactly... SeatGeek! SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal, and they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. Plus, you can get $10 off your purchase with SeatGeek, your first purchase with SeatGeek, by using the promo code dugout do you know how to spell that dugout d u g can i buy a value vowel o u t why didn't you buy a second vowel when you needed to get when you needed to get the u i'm not the best at spelling dugout d u g o u t good job garrett and you can use that code to get ten dollars off your first purchase and see maddie b raps and Bruins. And Celtics. Celtics, Celtics and, and... And maybe the Red Sox? I don't know. Maybe the Red Sox. <laughs> I, I'm not the biggest Red Sox guy, but whatever. SeatGeek, yeah. Um, should we do some listener questions? We have a bunch. Yes. Before we get to those, I just want to uh, say that the, the Bruins in six, they are so much better than the Blue Jackets. And mm-hmm. Tuka Rask stood on his so head good. against the Blue Jackets last night. He played out of his skull. Um, yeah, so let's get to some listener questions now. Garrett, you want to read these? Hell yeah, I do. First question coming from... close to the mic there. First question coming from Jake underscore Mysto. Do you think Chavis will have a better season than Vlad Jr.? No. Yeah, no. Vlad Jr. is a Greek god. He's sick. (laughs) He's nasty. He's nice flow, too. They'll both have good seasons, but Vlad Jr. is just... He's... He's so good. I think Chavis is a better defender, though. Probably. Because he's not super yeah. chubby. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Vlad jo- I'm just w- waiting for Vlad Jr.'s first bomb. Yeah, I'm excited for that. <laughs> Next question. You better buckle in your seatbelt. This is a great question. Oh, boy. Do we make any trades soon? JBJ, send him to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we throw Tyler Thornburg on there, too? No, he's going the trash compactor. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get Sputnik back? <laughs> um... In all seriousness, though, 
I if they can find a trade partner, I can 100% see them trading Jackie Bradley Jr. before the deadline. He's just a dead weight on this team at this point. His contract's up soon. It's 8.5 million, so I can see them wanting to clear that. Like even if they trade him for like a really really bad draft pick or like two hundred dollars, it's better for just works for it's me. Better than just leaving. Letting yeah, him and leave. it's, it won't be dead money that way too. We'll yeah. be eating into our payroll, which we already are way too close. To, we're over the luxury tax at this point, probably. Get a player to be named later, and then never name a player. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, next question. Uh, that question was from Kevin Bucklin. That's why I use that great pun. You just said that first, so I got it. <laughs> This next question is from Ty Slavin. What do you think of Ty the buttery? ice horse? Of the what? Ice horse. We know what you think of the ice horse. Um, I am a big fan of the ice horse. <laughs> Michael Chavis is the best player to ever play for the Red Sox since Ted Williams himself. Um, and I think the ice horse is a perfect nickname for him. If you don't know what the ice horse is and why that's his nickname, it's from the Section 10 podcast. Uh, they spent like 20 minutes getting to it. But basically, Michael Chavis always tweets out 11-11 at 11-11. Uh, and so... What a cool <laughs> kid. What a cool kid. And so, and so they're trying to think of a nickname for him. And they're like, what, do you, what else do you wish on? And they're like, a white horse. And like, that's not really the best nickname. And then Chaved Ice, his name is Chavis, so Chaved Ice. So they put together Ice and Horse, and they got Ice Horse for the best nickname in all of professional sports. Next. I'm sorry about this name. Um, this next name, next question, comes from Ave Colham. Avery. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So mm -hmm. I got that right. Mm -hmm. um, what should the Sox do with Chavis once Petey, Holt, and Nunez come back from the I.L.? It's uh, D.L. <laughs> cut Nunez. Uh just have Brock Holt somewhere in the dugout, and Dustin Madrid can be the pitching coach, um, and just keep Chavis starting. Yeah. No matter what, keep Chavis starting. Keep him put playing. Him wherever you need to put him, just keep him in the lineup. You need that bat. You need that young star. Hitting is contagious, and when he's hitting, the rest of the team's going to hit. You and, need him starting. And he's not going to develop if, he's not gonna, if he doesn't get to yeah. hit. Do not make him another Blake Swihart, where you call him up, put him at random positions, and don't give him playing time. Play him at second and third base or DH him nowhere else. Let him hit. But as for Nunez, eh, PD, I don't even know if he's going to make it back to the big leagues at this rate. And if Holt ever gets healthy, sure, why not? He can be a platoon. And if you do start, I mean, if you do um, start like Pedroia or Holt or Nunez or whatever at second base as a regular starter... Don't keep Chavis in the big leagues, please. Send him down to AAA. Like, as much as I'd love to see him in the major leagues and love to see him on the Red Sox, I want him to get that consistent playing time no matter where it is. So send him down to AAA if you need to. Just make sure that he's starting every single day that he can. Yeah, that's what. That's how they ruined Blake Swihart. He would just sit in the dugout and watch, and that's not an Blake option. Swihart was the number one prospect in the Red Sox organization. Michael Chavis is the number one prospect in the Red Sox organization. So please do not mess it up again. Please. I do not want to trade Michael Chavis in three years for some guy named Marcus Wilson. <laughs> Who? Uh-huh. <laughs> what else we got? Um, from Red Sox fan 07, DFA Nunez and keep Chavis? It's like the exact same question. Yes, it 100%. I just liked reading next. his name because he seems very passionate. Do you need your glasses, Garrett? This next question is from <laughs> is from Tax Sauce Bangerski. <laughs> <laughs> you eat bang skeet skeet. 
It's not it. Yeah, I know it's not it. <laughs> it's not it. <laughs> bang, bang, skeet to skeet. Don't want to meet us in the street. What do you got? It's another Chavis question. Don't. Um, you know you can pick the... <laughs> I needed to read his name. You totally understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, I see that. Next one. Matt Granger. Matt. What would you do to rebuild the pitching rotation slash bullpen? That's a good question. Um, I don't really know because we don't really have any trade value in our organization to get someone who can help right now. But to rebuild it, um, trading... I hate to say this, but trading Porcello maybe because I doubt he's coming back next year. He's a free agent, and his contract's just too big. What he's going to be asking for is too big, especially when the Red Sox need to get Mookie Betts back, and they just paid money out to Chris Sale and Sandra Bogarts. So I feel like trading um, Rick Porcello could be a decent option to rebuild pitching depth, but Honest, I can't really see a team trading a pitcher for a pitcher. Honestly, pairing Porcello with JBJ, that might be a way to get rid of JBJ. And also maybe bring in some future talent that for the pitching core. $30.5 million. Yeah. <laughs> Cha-ching! <laughs> uh, uh, next question. Yeah, what else we got? Robbie Reidy, 50? It's Robbie um, Reedy. I know him. What's one plus one? Guy, one plus one is 69. You can go back to catching for your freshman baseball team and not ever come back with these questions. It's actually window, but... Um, Yikes. Matt OH303. If all Red Sox players were characters on Game of Thrones, who would take the throne? So, uh, that's a good question. Love that. Um, none of us watch Game of Thrones. All right. Um, um, I'd, I'd have to say um, Throne. I know that Endman dies like, in Endgame. Endman? <laughs> Shut up, Jason. What? Um, so, so, I um, just... Yeah, go. Um, so, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I have no idea what, like... But I would assume if you're taking a throne, you'd have to be pretty ruthless. So, I'm trying to think of the most ruthless Red Sox player. Steve Pierce. Yeah. Uh, maybe Steve Pierce, maybe Chris Sale, just because he's so like ragey. No, he's too thin. David Not Price. David Price. David, no, David is Price. Cunning enough. Hold on, let me Google it. Let me see. Um, if not, uh, I don't know. I know who it wouldn't be. I can tell you, it wouldn't be Tyler Thornburg because he's an idiot. Um, I have an answer here from the Google machine. Hold on, we have an ad. <laughs> Hold on, it's coming. This guy says Mookie. That's the answer. There we go. Next question. <laughs> All right, then. Um, da, 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 da. Give me it. Give me the questions. I can't read them. Next question. Oh, my brother's question. Next question here from Garrett's brother, whose name is Ryan. Are you sure it's not Ryan? I, it might be right. Ruyan? <laughs> Next question from Ruyan Jacob Schneier. Uh, how many more games do you think the Red Sox will need to get to 500? Um, they are four games from 500 right now. Seven. So I'd say six. I don't know if that math checks out because if they if they lose two more, then wouldn't it take more? To... No. Yeah. If they lose two more, they'd have to win six more. They have to win six. So you have to win eight. So I'm just gonna make this. If they easy lose two, they four. have to win eight. They're just gonna win four straight games, get to 500. If they lose two, they have to win eight, right? Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Next question from oh I like this one. Next question from um, the Vuk. The Vuk. <laughs> da Vuk. Do you think it is time to cut Chris Sale? He is awful and a disgrace to this team. Hashtag Suns out, guns out. I think it's an interesting point that we don't have enough space in the trash compactor. We don't cut people. We kill them. <laughs> Sorry. I don't. I think this is a very good um, question from the the Vuk. Vuk. The v- <laughs> da Vuk. Uh, the here, Vuk. Um, 
I do think it's time to cut Chris Sale and just get rid of him. I mean, oh yeah, one hundred percent. He's only like been a Cy Young candidate for like the last four years. He's or never won a Cy Young though. He sucks. Any man with a belly button ring should be shot to space. <laughs> without without an oxygen mask, I just want to make that clear. Uh, keep me going with the questions. Red Sox fan 07. Again, he has a new question here. Big guy. Do you think Devers needs to DH, go to the minors, or switch positions? Which one of those three? Well, he can't field at any positions. How do you know? He can't catch. He, he could be a nasty center fielder. No, he couldn't. He's too slow. He's too fat. <laughs> He's got too much baby fat. He can't do the dive because his gut will hit the ground at an inopportune time. <laughs> so he can't dive for balls because it'll slow him down. He won't be able to because his gut will be dragging. And based on He's you know, not friction, that fat. He's not Pablo Sandoval. But it's grass. It has a high force of friction. Next question from Jake Maestro or, Maestro or Mato? Maestro. Maestro. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think – it's another multiple choice question. Do you think we should sign a closer, trade for a closer – Call one up or just stay the way we are. Well, I can tell you right now that we should definitely stay the way we are. Because that's obviously working. <laughs> I think our role as the Red Sox this year is just to boost every other team's stats with our relief pitchers. No, what but... we're going to do is we're just going to be terrible in the first half of the season to give every other team hope. And, and then, then the second half of the season, we're, we're gonna just going to go eight, undefeated. We're going to win 81 like straight games. It's track race. You walk the first two laps, and then you sprint the last two laps. Yeah, and how does that work out for you, Garrett? I mean... I am kind of like the best track rider in the world. I do have a 5.25 PR mile. So Next when, question when from Chris. 10 pounds lighter. <laughs> Chris, Peruvian savage. Uh, his question is, so the bullpen? Yeah. Dot, it's, dot, dot. It's a thing. It's it's not it's, pretty. It's, I'm uh, going to go with option C for that question. But. I like this idea. Mr. Mr. Clancy? Mr. Clancy? I don't know. He asked, how long before Sox consider <clears throat> a defensive substitution for Devers late in innings? That's an interesting hmm. idea. Well, they don't if, have one right now. At this that's point. a good point. Like, even if they, I mean, yes, get they do. They sh- you shift Chavis over to third base. You Chavis put- can't field either. Yeah, he's not that much better. We he's, don't have those fielding guys. Tuesday, Lynn, isn't that? <laughs> I have to make sure I say the last name. People don't understand, but uh-huh. whatever. Um, that's the part you get wrong. <laughs> you know. Um. Yeah, but I mean, they just don't really have anyone who can step in and be that defensive guy. Eduardo Nunez can't field. I got it. Brock Holt is okay, but he's not great. Um, if they it. have Pedroia at second and they keep Zue Lin in the majors, maybe you could put Zue at third. Tuesday? We put Vasquez at second. <laughs> yes, there you go. That is the solution. We put Va- Christian Vasquez, our catcher, at second base, and then we're all set because he is a gold glove. He's a platinum glove second baseman. If every other MLB player was a donut Vasquez like has that aura of like a munchkin. Like he's so short and like chunky. <laughs> and I remember seeing him out on the game that we went to. It was kind of funny, kind of humorous to watch him. If every player in the majors is a donut, <laughs> <laughs> then Christian Vasquez uh, is a donut hole. Our final question here, um, before we get to the CJ Chatham interview, is it time for the Red Sox to DFA Tyler Thornburg? Yes. Yes. No. Why? Trash compactor. <laughs> so now let's send it over to the interview with top prospect CJ Chatham. All right, I'm joined by CJ Chatham, shortstop in the Red Sox organization and number nine Sox prospect. Thank you so much for coming on, CJ. Yeah, no problem. It's, uh, it's great to be here. So first off, you've been tearing it up at the plate so far this season, batting above 350. So what has been the key to your success this year? Um, I think it was just, uh, you know, stick with my approach that I, you know, have been working on the past couple of years. You know, uh, it, 
keeps keep trying to evolve it. And yeah, so that, that's mainly what's been working so far. But uh, you know, in more doubles than before too, just kind of trying to pick pick my my spots to you know try and get a little more. And uh, it's been working. Yeah, so you're not really known as a power hitter. So now in the new age of baseball centered around home runs, are you working on your power, trying to hit more homers? Uh, yeah, you know, just trying to, um, you know, use the whole, while, while still using the whole field, whole field um, you know, trying to get more backspin to the left. And, uh, yeah, so, I'm, you, know, I'm, you know, keep working on it and hopefully keep seeing progress. Um, would you rather go five for five with five singles or one for five with a grand slam? Oh man, um, <laughs> I'd say five for five, uh, just because that can that can last longer, you know, on the statue, I guess. Uh, you know, one for five is great though, but especially with the grand slam. But yeah, I'd say the five for five. Yeah. So speaking of power, what can you tell us about Michael Chavis? You played with him in the minors, and now he's in the MLB tearing it up. What can we expect from him? Uh, you know, he's a hard worker, and. Uh, he has a you know violent swing, but you know still makes contact, and uh, you know he's been good, you know for for a while now, and uh, you know got a shot at the bigs, and he hasn't really looked back at it, which is you know it's awesome to see. Who else that you've played with in the minors do you think has a great shot to be that guy in the MLB like Michael Chavis has been this year? Well, I mean Bobby, um, he's you know got some of the, mo- the maybe the most pop I've ever seen, tall fields, and uh, I think he's. You know, for sure, going to be a big leaguer and have a huge impact, you know, on the game. But yeah, he'd be the other one. Has anyone in the Red Sox organization kind of taken you under their wing? Maybe a big leaguer like Bogarts, or maybe a coach. Um, you know, and, uh, with uh, with the Red Sox, everyone's kind of you know extremely friendly and you know everybody helps out. Uh, I wouldn't say there's one person that really has. Um, you know, I talked to in spring training, talked to Buki a lot, and you know he's really cool down to earth. Um, you know about his journey and like where, where he, you know, through the minor leagues and everything and, you know, about some pitchers in the big leagues and his approach and whatnot. And that, you know, seemed to really help. He's just really cool about, you know, talking about it. Yeah. So when you're in spring training with the big league club, like you were this year and you're surrounded by all-stars and MVPs like Mookie, do you try extra hard to impress them to maybe like make the team or you just focus on getting ready for the season? No, you know, just focus on getting ready for the season. I mean, in the beginning, Playing with those guys, you know, it is a little you know, intimidating. But you know, once you get going, and you're in the same dugout and everything, uh, you know, that's it. Kind of goes out the window, and you start to, you know, become you can feel like you're a part of the team, you know, for spring training, and it's really good, you know, to kind of get your feet wet. But I wouldn't say you try, you know, extra hard. Have there been any players that you've faced or played with in your time that you were kind of starstruck by? Like, wow, I'm really playing baseball with this guy right now. Um, I'd say Mookie just because, you know, his size and what he's been able to do has been, you know, extremely impressive. And, you know, just being around him, you know, his his ability, you know, God-given ability is extremely impressive. And I'd say he'd be the one. So I know Alex Cora compared you to J.J. Hardy, but which MLB player do you think you're a good comparison to? Um, You know, honestly, I'd want to say uh, Jeter. Uh, that's someone who, you know, I kind of try and have loved, you know, growing up. He was kind of my guy. And uh, I'd say, you know, the way he plays the game and, you know, how he 
you know, leads, but with, leads with action and not really words is, is, uh, is awesome. And I'd say, um, what aspect of your game do you think you're the most proud of or most defines who you are as a player? Is it your fielding or your contact hitting? Um, you know, I, I try and kind of do everything good and not try and, I don't know if there's one thing that I would say is my best, but, uh, but, you know, yeah, I try and just be an all-around player. I don't really think I can put it to one. It sounds a lot like Derek Jeter. Yeah, that's, you know, what I'm trying to trying to be like. So I love um, asking any player this question. Do you have any superstitions or rituals you do before games? No, not really at all, actually. Um, I kind of, whatever I'm feeling like doing, I just do it. I don't really have any, any superstitions or anything. So if you weren't playing baseball, what career would you want to have? Um, I would probably, besides wanting to stay in baseball, maybe coach or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I probably honestly would have tried another sport, maybe like be a quarterback or something, because I felt like, you know, in high school, I, when I made the decision to stick with baseball, like I really wanted to be a quarterback. But, you know, baseball has been good to me. You could probably be pretty good at basketball but with your height, too. Yeah, I just can't jump. That's the, <laughs> the problem there. <laughs> so kind of going off of that, what was the highlight of your Little League career in baseball? Um, I'd say hitting oh, – I had a like a big home run, I remember, against Okahili's team in the All-Stars, and uh, that, was, that was a pretty big moment for me. I'll never forget that one. Did you play with any kind of like notable players who ended up going into the majors or maybe a different sport in the in little league? Um, or maybe through high school or college. Yeah, I played with in high school Mike Mike White, uh, third string quarterback with the uh, Cowboys right now. He's played with him in summer ball. I played with Sony Sony Michelle, the Patriots. Uh, he actually in the fall of high school played he was like a pinch runner for us like he was gonna he was gonna come be like a pinch runner basically and uh he ended up like tweaking his hamstring so they uh they shut it down immediately yeah and he went back, back over to football but yeah he's, he's awesome he's a great dude so i was in a couple classes with him too so that's, that's about cool. it that's cool yeah what was the best um professional sports game you ever attended as a kid mlb or some other sport i went to the um Oh three, game six. Oh no, game four. Yeah, it was game four of the Marlins, uh, Yankees, which was pretty sweet. Were you a Marlins fan then, since you grew up in Florida? Yeah, Marlins fan. You know, my whole life. So, when you're in like a slump and you're just not hitting, what do you do to try to get out of that slump? Do you change something up, or you just try to stick with what you've been doing and just hope it works? Uh, I definitely definitely try and uh it's it's not really changing you know what i'm doing it's more it, it, i guess it is actually yeah, you know, i definitely try and change you gotta change something because there's a reason why you're slumping mm-hmm. and a lot of guys when like when i did when i was younger is when i was slump i just thought oh since i'm not i'm not seeing them all well just keep doing what i'm doing and eventually i'll see it well but now that you know that there's upper levels i've realized to it's all about making adjustments pitch by pitch and stuff and especially game by game and it's it's uh i try and there's a certain thing i just kind of go back to and start from square one in the cages and whatnot pregame and, and just work from there yeah yeah that's what i've heard a lot 
Um, so you're a shortstop. What do you think the hardest part of being a shortstop is? Um, I'd say just there's so many. You're you're so involved in the game, you know, as opposed to other positions. Like there's always somewhere you need to be, and and there's always like import every situation's important. Whenever somebody gets on, like you kind of go into like active mode, like you gotta be moving around all the time and and whatnot, and knowing where to where to go with the ball, where to be, and stuff like that, and like what's about to happen. So I'd say that's the hardest part. Do you think that either hitting is more important or fielding is more important, or do you think they're equally as important? Because there's a lot of players who are evaluated more on their hitting than their fielding. Like, fielding isn't really as important as it used to be nowadays. Do you think one's more important than the other? Um, I, honestly, I'd say, um, I'd say hitting is, is more important as in, like, nowadays in going career. Like, because nowadays if you can't hit, like, you're not going to, play the big leagues like for a while i guess right but um yeah you have to be able to hit but i would say to be an everyday guy you have to be able to play the field too so it becomes important when you're talking about that 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 level consistently to you know be an everyday guy so let's talk a little bit about how you started out in the minors what was the moment when you first realized that you're really like going pro and going to play in the minor leagues for a professional baseball team um, but I'd say like right after the draft, right after I got drafted, I just kind of, probably the day after I was like, all right, well, you know, everything kind of calmed down. And then it was like, all right, well, you know, what now? And that's when I thought about it. I'm like, all right, be going there Monday or whatever it was and, you know, hit the ground running. How'd you first find out that you were drafted? Um, I think, well, it was pick, pick 51 and, uh, I think I got, my agent called me, I want to say a pick 46 and asked me, you know, if I wanted to be a blue Jay or a Red Sox and I told him um, Red Sox. And he was like, all right, <laughs> he's like, congrats, you're Red Sox. And I was like, wow. And then I just kind of had to wait a couple more picks and, and then there it was. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So when the Red Sox won the world series this year, what was that like for you since you weren't actually with the Red Sox, but you were still in their organization? Were you watching the games and were you like hyped up when they won? Um, yeah, no, I was. I was watching them in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and yeah, I was, you know, extremely, you know, excited and uh, just counting down the games until they, they won it all. Yeah, it was extremely exciting. So I'm interested. Um, like I said, you don't play for the Red Sox. So have you ever been like to a Red Sox game as a fan? while you're still in their organization, just like in the crowd? Yeah, I went to, right after the draft, um, I stayed in, doing my physical in, in Boston and whatnot. I stayed uh, right next to Fenway and went to a Orioles-Red Sox game. David Price was pitching, so I watched that. And I don't play, which is pretty neat. So when you're at a Red Sox game, or really any game, what's your go-to, like, ballpark food? Uh, definitely probably corn dog. Really like corn dogs and uh, nachos. Big nacho guy. I'd say that'd be, you know, I haven't been to many baseball games honestly, like in the stands, so I don't, I can't really. Maybe like French fries and chicken tenders. That'd probably be it. Which Which do you like more, a hot dog or a sausage? That's been a running theme on this podcast. So I just want to get your take on it. Uh, I'm I'm a big like a sauce guy, so it would really depend on whatever's on it. Either one. 
I guess I would say sausage. All right. <laughs> but it depends, like, you know, what, what I would put on it. So as, like, a closing thing, what kind of message uh, do you have to Red Sox Nation as you're moving up in the minors and hopefully one day get to the big leagues? What's kind of a message about who you are to Red Sox Nation? Uh, you know, I would just, you know, want to tell them that I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know, just to help the team win. Like, that's just kind of player I am, you know, no matter what position or anything, you know, it's a great organization and, you know, hopefully get there one day and play, you know, anywhere and play as hard as I can every day. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, CJ, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, man. Hope to see you in the big league soon. Thank you, man. There you have it, CJ. Um, I can't wait to see him in the majors, personally. A 6'4 shortstop who can really swing the bat. I'm excited for him. Um, I love that message he had at the end, too, for Sox Nation, that he's a player that will do whatever it takes to win. Oh, I love that. That and is so Red Sox. That's the kind of player that we want in Boston. Exactly. So I can't wait to see him with the big league club. All right, thanks for coming in and tuning into the podcast this week, guys. We'll see you next week. Make sure to follow at Red Sox underscore dugout on Instagram. Uh, and follow, we will, we will follow, see you next week. Follow Dugout. What is it called? Dugout Podcast? I think that's what it is. Follow the podcast account also. Could use some more followers for that. We post funny quotes, and it'll make your day. Uh, see you next week. Raphael Devers! He's in Homer! What? Get back on the mics! Get back on the mics! Oh. Raphael Devers! Can just review it really quick? I just want to see you one Hold more on. time. Hold on. Let me go back. Raphael Devers just hit his first home run of the 2019 Red Sox season. Look how surprised he looks. <laughs> He's like, oh my god, I finally did it! Woo! Oh my god. Dead center. Yeah, so we were talking on this podcast how he didn't hit a home run the whole entire season yet, and then he hit a homer. That's just perfect. And now we're actually in the podcast. See you next week. <laughs> Heard that life gets hard when you're older. Are you singing Jacob Sartorius? And the fun stuff's just for kids. But what I realize as I grow up is that it's just a hit or miss. So let's not worry about We are good, baby, we are right. So let's not worry about tomorrow. We are good, baby, we are right. Let's not worry about tomorrow. We are good, baby, we are right. Let's not worry about tomorrow. We are good, baby, we are right. Hey. Geek, geek.